0: Welcome to the New Grace Sermon Podcast. Our church exists so people experience new life in Christ. We invite you to connect with us on social media at newgrace.cc on Facebook and Instagram. For more information about us or to support this ministry financially, visit us at newgrace.cc. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're here today. I want you to get your Bibles if you got them with you. And... uh. Somebody, somebody get me that table so I can put my Bible on it. I think it's back there with in y'all's little smoke room. Y'all bring that thing out here. <clears throat> look, at, look at your Bible. Is it 1 is it Chronicles? Where are we at? Is it 1 Chronicles? Can we go to the Word this morning? Thank you, Mitch. 1 Chronicles 4. Everybody go there with me. 1 Chronicles 4. Before we get into the Word, now look, I want you to stay with me because I promise you I'm going somewhere. We're going we're to get in this Word, and then out of the Word, we're going to let the Spirit dictate the rest of this discussion. Because we're going to do two things at once. We're going to preach, and I'm going to present. We're going to preach, and we're going to present something to you that I think you will find very interesting and exciting. Many of you already know where we're going, but you're here because you want to know some details as to what God has been up to at New Grace, and I got them for you. I'm glad you're here today. First Chronicles 4, before we get into the Word, let's just pray together. Father, we ask you right now that you would anoint the, the preaching and the teaching, the, the, the presentation of your Word, and that everything that is done, everything that is said, would, would bring you glory and recognition, that you would get the credit for every win and every aspect of victory that we are celebrating here today. And I ask you right now, God, that you would allow us to have a listening spirit to hear clearly what you want to say to the church and that you would give us a looking spirit that we would, we would have expectation about what it is you're going to do in the next step and the bright future of new grace. We thank you, Lord, for the spirit of worship that was in this house. God, thank you for plugging the worship team in and just singing through them. Thank you for their gifts and their talents being used for your glory. God, we give you the praise right now. And we just, before we do anything else, we just want to tell you that we love you. We love you. What a faithful father you are. Oh, God, what a blessing it is to be a part of salvation, to be a member of the family of God, to think that you would save us when we didn't even have you in our thoughts. We were on your mind when you died for us. And when you rose again, it didn't just secure our afterlife, it secured our eternity. And we give you all the praise and we give you all. Can we we right now just thank him in this house? just in your own way, just tell him thank you. Whether it's lifting your hands up to him or uttering those words, just show him I'm grateful. Lord, I'm grateful that I give you the offering of my praise, the sacrifice of my worship. I just offer it to you right now. Thank you so much for all that you're doing in my life. And God, thank you for what you're doing in the church. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said Amen. Can we clap our hands and give God give God a hand this morning? I want you to look at 1 Chronicles 4, and I want you to look at two verses. An obscure passage, and had it not been for some authorship in the last two and a half, three decades, we wouldn't even probably put any attention on this passage. But the Bible says in 1 Chronicles 4, it's a book you can bog down on in a heartbeat. You get over there in the Chronicles, and they're listing the chronicles of the kingdom of Israel and these genealogies. Just, it just is mind-numbing, and it feels meaningless sometimes. Can I be that honest? Is that all right? I don't think I'm going to burst into flames being that honest, but I think I'm just saying what a lot of you are thinking. But sometimes there's little treasures and nuggets hidden In the text and the Bible tells us in verse number 9 of chapter 4 and Jabez was more honorable than his brethren and his mother called his name Jabez saying because I bear him with sorrow in biblical times names were associated to experiences or expectations There was was a lot of meaning in a child's name when the parents gave the child a name. The Bible says in verse number 10, Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may not grieve me and God granted him that which he requested I want you to observe two things there one this passage tells us that God takes note and pays attention to our sorrow I am so thankful this morning listen if you're in this room and you're going through pain Maybe you're in this room and you're not going through a searing physical pain in your body, but you're going through an emotional or relational pain. You've got a strained relationship, You are overwhelmed. You are fighting depression. Addiction is treating you like a punching bag. Your marriage, you've tied a knot in the rope of hope to keep your marriage together. And you are wondering and you are trying to in the groping and reaching in the darkness trying to figure out where God is. I want to tell you something. God is so much God that he will not even allow your pain to be in vain. My God, there are some people I, I know I got a lot to talk about right now, but can I just, can I call a timeout? Can I call a timeout? I'm so thankful that I pastor a church full of people beaten, bruised, and scarred. We are. But but let me tell you something. Our scars speak of a time and a testimony. You look around this room, honey, you would never guess. You would never imagine. There's no way you could fill in the blank as of the goodness of God that has been littered across this room. Because there are people in this house, their praise comes from a place of pain. Their worship comes from a place of pain. And, and they have found out that God is a faithful father. He does not overlook. He does not neglect his children. Can I preach for a second? Anybody in the room glad and thankful that we've got a God that sees us in our sorrow? I'm reminded of what Paul said, for I reckon... That the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You know what that means? That means there's no amount of suffering that you've been through in this life that'll ever stack up, stand up, or measure up to the glory that is revealed on the other side of eternity. I wish I had some, I wish I had somebody in this house wanting to thank God that the best. I said the best is yet. The best is yet to come. You got to get that stuff out of your system. It's like indigestion of gas. It'll tear you up if you don't deal with it. God sees sorrow. God uses sorrow. And it shows us something else. It shows us that God signifies or sets apart those who pray in faith. There are a lot of prayers that will be prayed on this property today, but not all of those prayers will be prayed in a believing faith. This boy right here, this is a genealogy. All we're doing is making note of the people that existed in this chronicle. And one guy who was born out of sorrow believe the word and the testimony of Yahweh so much that God heard, not just his prayer, check this out, every detail of what he requested. Every aspect of what he said, God not only heard it, but God answered it. My life has been filled with praying prayers like this. My life has been filled, and this church has been Marked, mile marker after mile marker with testimony that we've prayed these prayers. Lord, bless me. And I like what J-Bez said, bless me indeed. I want, I want a blessing that supersedes the horizontal blessings of humanity. I want, I want spiritual blessings coming from spiritual hands. I want to be blessed indeed, he said. It was a good day in my life when I recognized that earthly possessions could never really satisfy or fill the void and the longing that was created in my God-sized heart. I'm thankful that God has blessed me. I have prayed the same kind of prayer, God stretched me. Enlarge my coast. Enlarge my territory. Here we go. Enlarge my capacity and ability to handle more. I hope you're pleased with my faithfulness of little because I believe if I'm faithful with little, you will give me more. I have prayed the same prayer as Jabez. Would you, would you touch me? Would you put your hand upon my life? Would you, would you bless me? Would you stretch me? Would you touch me? would you protect me? I've prayed those prayers. We've prayed those prayers. In 2019, we were coming out of a transition that we were doing good to survive as a church and organization. And we prayed specifically as a staff. We had a a flip chart that we bought. And we would write down these specific prayer requests. And we got real specific. It wasn't general. Like we actually were like, Lord, we need this amount of money and we need this number of people and we need another staff member that can handle this. And we just laid out some things and we put some spiritual elements on that flip chart. And and we just started praying. Here we go. We started praying outside of our comfort zone. Because because if you're in the safe zone, you pray stuff that's easy to digest. But if you're in the faith zone, you start asking God for stuff that sounds crazy. Cuz sometimes real faith looks real foolish. People look at you and go, "Y'all y- 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 y'all got issues." Y'all got issues. And I'm like, well, look, I've done read this thing from cover to cover. And it just just seems to me like God jumps all over people that are crazy enough to take him at his word. And in 2019, we we started just praying some things. And and here's what's really cool. God heard our prayer and he answered our prayer. But I'm going to be honest with you as a pastor. God did not answer our prayers the way I thought he was going to answer them. I don't want to assume that everybody is on board with the backstory of New Grace, but we didn't obviously launch here or start here. We actually started in a movie theater and outgrew the movie theater in Bakes Crossing and ended up at a shopping center right next to an Outback Steakhouse. And man, God just blessed there and saved a lot of people there. We ended up going to two worship services and we we were trying to buy that shopping center and it. Just the owners didn't want to play ball with us. We ended up setting our sights on a shopping center in downtown commerce, and I knew we were biting off, it felt like way more than we could chew, but I was willing, I'm listen, I'm all or nothing. I don't know how to lay down a bunt. I mean, I will strike out or hit it over the fence. That's all I know how to do. And I said, we're going to hit this ball into the bleacher somewhere, Lord willing. And about that time, we started campaigning and trying to raise money, and people started giving sacrificially, and, and COVID-19 came around. And it just shook, shook this world, shook our country, our community. And we, like, like a few other churches, weathered that storm. There are churches now that are, and we knew it would be about a three to five year window. There are churches now that are finally shutting their doors or shutting down because the remnant and the residue of what happened through that storm just didn't survive. And we watched God help us come out of that. And you know, a lot of people were, I mean, you know, they were taking the mask off and we were, we were coming to church and doing our thing. And then, I mean, I done forgot about COVID-19 and then I got it. And almost died. I was on oxygen. I couldn't, I couldn't walk. I couldn't, couldn't preach, couldn't talk. Didn't know if I'd ever be able to project my voice or, 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 or just get up and testify uh, uh, enthusiastically the way I'm wired to do. And, and we made it through all that and watched God just be faithful and use our team and our staff and our pastors. And we were fine. We were fine. Can me tell you something? Derek Anglin can sit on the bench, but Jesus never leaves the field. And the Holy Ghost did a great thing through that season of our church. We sent money. We got approved by the bank. We sent our earnest money to the property owners of the bilo. <clears throat> they got to the earn us money and to sign contract and change their mind. and sent the, Now, they got to send the money back by a certain time because if they hold on to it too long, they're obligated to sell. They sent it right, right back to us, sent us an email saying that they didn't want to do this deal. And Pastor Jeff said, give me their address. <laughs> I said, we could send Tony Soprano down there and we could you know, see if, how, you know, fit him for a pair of cement shoes and see how that goes, but I don't think that's what the Lord wants and he closed the door for us. The next week, we got a call from the owners of the shopping center that we were in and they said, no hard feelings, we appreciate you guys, but we're gonna turn this into storage. Every square inch of the back end of the shopping center, y'all got 60 days to get out. And we couldn't find nowhere to go. And, and, and God, God let us yoke up with another church right there in the area, Southside Church at Banks Crossing. They opened up their building for us. And we did Sunday night church for a year and a half. And I like how we started off, everybody was real excited. This is cool. This is neat. Somebody else's place, this is the afternoon. I got to sleep in this morning. And boy, about three months later, I was thinking, where are all them people at that were so excited? (laughs) It kicked our tail. A year and a half kicked our tail. Our church congregation shrunk. I mean, my my brain, my spirit, we were under attack. I was wondering what in the world God was doing. Here we've prayed these prayers of faith, and the way things are happening don't look anything like what we thought. Here's what I struggle with. What I saw didn't look like what I saw. Because when we started this church, when Ashley and I signed that lease for that theater for one year at $500 a week, when we, when we finally got a logo made that said New Grace, actually started off as New Grace Tabernacle, and after about a year, I realized that people didn't know what a tabernacle was. And they were confusing, and they were worried they were going to walk in there, and I was going to have like a crate of snakes, you know, and be all crazy or something. I said, we got to get rid of the tabernacle. People don't know what that is. And here we are, and all these things are happening, and it's not, what I'm seeing isn't what I saw, because I saw, I saw God blessing this church, and I saw I, I couldn't unsee what I saw. I saw growth, and I saw lives being changed, and I saw teenagers getting saved, and I saw young, man, young men surrendering to the call to preach over their life. And I saw, I saw church expanding into new territories and new communities, and I saw us actually setting the trail for what a lot of churches are afraid to do and do something that nobody was willing to do and start multi-locations of what God was blessing new grace with. If we believe in it so much, we believe it should be in another community, in another neighborhood, in another city, in another town. I I saw that stuff and here we are homeless squatting at somebody else's house. And I thought we were praying crazy prayers When we were trying to buy a shopping center, it's amazing how God will dial up the desperation of your prayer when you are sitting in the desert starving to death. And we started praying, and we said we're going to take, we corporately decided we're we're going to make a faith move. We're going to put a flag in the ground. We don't know anything else to do. We don't even know how in the world we could afford it, but we're going to buy property and we're going to just show God we're willing to take a step in the direction of faith, even when it doesn't make sense. So we were able to buy 14 acres in Homer, Georgia, right on McCoy Bridge Road. And and we bought that and we presented to the church and we rejoiced because at, listen to me, at Southside on Sunday nights, we needed a win. And God opened the door. It was funny, man. All that campaigning we did, all that sacrificial giving, all those people deciding to support New Grace financially, all that did was pave the way for us to be in a position to buy that land. Have money and savings. We had money sitting in a CD, collecting some interest, and we just, Lord, we're gonna just take a step and and we're trusting you with the results. God opened a door. It was a scary door because it was 20-something minutes away up here in Baldwin. I didn't even know Baldwin existed. I didn't know what Baldwin was. We come up here. We check out this building. And the owner of the property says, I've heard you preach. I've seen what God's doing in your church. The Holy Spirit told me. I came and visited a service in the shopping center. The Holy Spirit told me that I was going to do something for y'all one day. I just didn't know what it was. He said, you need somewhere to go to get back on Sunday mornings. I will take this barn, this shop, and we will turn it into a church building if you want to. And I ain't gonna lie, I was biting my nails down to the bone and drinking Malox by the gallon because it was gonna cost about $280,000 to do it. And I'm at a crossroads as a pastor, and we're at a crossroads as a corporate team. Do we empty out a portion of our campaign money to get back to Sunday mornings and make this functional? Because there was chickens and ducks right over there There was a covered car over there. There were batting cages right here. All kind of stuff just thrown out through this place. No air conditioning. That right there was air conditioning. This wasn't. And I walked in here and I saw this. But I also saw that. And I saw this. But I also saw this. And I said, well, how can we do this for as cheap as possible? He said, well, God's not going to let me let you pay for anything. Just let me pay for it. And about $250,000, $280,000 later, we had the finished product of a working facility. And we're charged rent a dollar a month. He said, let's sign a a two-year lease. Just let's start the process with God here. Let's just take a step and leave the results up to God and see what happens. And we did, and God's blessed. God's been moving. But I want to tell y'all about a conversation that happened the week we found out this was going to work. I got a call from a pastor in the commerce community. He said, Derek, I know y'all are homeless right now, and I, I just want to, I want to shoot straight with you. I've been contemplating turning this building over and letting somebody else do something with it and just selling it. And, and, and I, I think our church is at a point where we're, we're probably going to close the doors. And I said, well, we just started moving forward on a thing in Baldwin, but we really, we really want to be in commerce too. I, I said, I, I am very open to this conversation. And he said, let me pray about it a little bit more and see how serious we are. And he called me back about two weeks later and he said, hey man, we're we're gonna stick this thing out. We're gonna try to make things work and um, I'll keep you in mind. Well, here's something I want y'all to know that's been going on in my heart ever since we got here. I always thought we were gonna have more than one location and God was going to take the culture of New Grace and start redefining church as we know it in the community and start just doing things different. I always thought that. But, I really, I really didn't think that we were going to come up here first and then have an opportunity to go down there. We've been up here doing this, and God's been blessing. And that pastor called me back. We had a conversation about two and a half, three months ago. And he said, would you like to continue the conversation? We continued the conversation. We continued the conversation corporately. And, well... I'll show you kind of what happened after that phone call. Check this out. This will give you an idea. New Grace, let me tell you what God has just done for our church. A couple of weeks ago we were able to purchase a property right outside of downtown commerce. This property was actually used by another church previously and now upon this acquisition we have a facility and a location in the commerce area. This means we are taking another step in fulfilling the mission and the vision that God has given our church about having multi locations. Very excited about this step and this is going to allow us to not only watch God continue to bless the North in Baldwin, but also minister and bring revival to the South. This is a time to rejoice. This is a time to celebrate. And most of all, this is a time for us to prepare for our next step as we embark on watching people experience new life in Christ. Let's give him some praise in the house. Come on. I mean, I expect the commerce people to be making some noise right now. Some of them Madison County, Clark County, Jackson County, Oglethorpe County. (laughs) All right, look, here's the deal. Obviously, we released a teaser video online to mess y'all up. And mission accomplished. So here's what. Here's what we want to do together. We want to work through this with you and answer a lot of questions. And what we've done is we've put a lot of thought in some things that we want to share with you regarding what's happening, what this looks like, what, what does this mean for our church? First of all, this property is right near Quality Foods uh, in Commerce, Georgia. It's on B. Wilson Road, and it's, uh, the building is not quite the size but it is actually built out in a better way proportion-wise with a much larger kids area than what we have over there. It's a smaller auditorium, but we've got plans that we're going to share with you on how we're going to maximize every square inch of this place. Here's the biggest part. This is the part I want everybody, I want you to lean in, I want you to listen. We still have the 14 acres in Homer. And yeah, Amanda, we didn't have to sell it. I know that's what some people are thinking. You had to sell it to do this. We didn't have to. All right? Now I'm going to let him tell you a little bit why that's possible. You know, it's going to be nice. You're coming from Madison County. You don't have to come all the way to Baldwin, right? I know you're excited. I'm glad you are. Um, listen, here's the deal. For us to build on that home or property, it would be about two and a half, three million million, There's no part of my spirit as a a pastor in the 21st century, the way things are, that says, hey, let's just spend $3 million to have one location that the building wouldn't even be this size. We bought this thing for a fraction of what it would have cost us to build. We bought it for $525,000. Are y'all here? $525,000 was what this cost us. And it was already built out for a church. Okay? So, what's this mean? It means we're going to have two campuses. Y'all hear me? New Grace is going to have two. We're going to take what God's doing right here and we're going to do it in two places. I want you to know this. I have a heart for the North. Up here at the, at the Banks County, Habersham County line, and we're already seeing fruit here ever since we got here a year ago. I'm pretty sure our first service was a year ago today up here. And we have reached a lot of families up here. And people are bringing fruit, people. And I believe that we have fruit and a future right here in the north. But none of this of what God has done, has changed our awareness and our desire to see God do something in the South where we started. And it's been our hope to move full circle. Again, I thought it was gonna be reverse order. I thought we were gonna establish down there and then come up here for a second one. But God's reversed the order. We've got up here. Now we're going back down there. So we've got a foundation already down there. I am gonna assume most of our congregation between the two gatherings, probably comes from the south. But again, over the last year, we have added a lot of north people. And in a few weeks, I want to actually see in the room who's from where. So I'm going to get you to help me with that. Here's what I want you to know. God has proven to us, he has proven to us, we are going to grow wherever we are planted and we are gonna be the church we were destined to be wherever you put us. You believe that?
1: So the the teaser video was really kinda of wicked on our part because we knew you were gonna freak out on social media. And it was so fun, we were sitting at lunch yesterday looking at all the comments. And it's just like, look at that, look at that. I can't wait to explain that, look at that. That's a really interesting question. And uh, so the biggest question is: Is we spent $164,000 on 14 acres of land in Homer while we were at Southside? And the first question that I've been asked by everybody that had knowledge of this before we announced it was. So what are we going to do with Homer? What's the deal with Homer? Because everyone's assumption is, is, like he said, we had to sell it to do this. And we didn't. Because if you remember back in the shopping center and commerce, we had campaigns and they had no direction to them. We were just like, hey, we're going somewhere, but we don't know where it is. Give money to it. And people gave sacrificially. We did a chest of Joe Ash and then he died the next day. <laughs> like that, that part of my life is a blur. Like, there were like 30 people in ICU. He was one of them. I, my phone was blowing up. The board was looking at me like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going to the beach. Bye. <laughs> um, I need some sunshine and some other stuff. But anyways, undisclosed stuff. But anyways, um, and through all of that, we, we kept having church. You were faithful. Yeah. Like, God was faithful. Yeah. So we still have that property, and that is more of an investment and an asset. Now, let me explain something to you. What he said earlier... So we were homeless, we were squatting, we moved into a barn that wasn't finished. We didn't have church for how long? Too long. Like two, three months, we didn't even have church. And then we brought all of you up here into an active construction site, fed you hot dogs, and gave you a TED Talk. Hey guys, it's going to be all right, just stick with us, we'll make it there, we promise. People are like, these dudes are crazy. Yeah. Accurate statement, yes. Um, and we started having church here, and we were having church here as we were building out. As we were finishing this building, we were. And let me tell you something. It's amazing that your worship pastor is not bald like me and Pastor Derek because he managed and oversaw most of what happened on this property. And the Homer, the Homer property being an asset means that we were homeless. We were faithful and trusted God and he was faithful. And not only did he give us somewhere to go, to get back on Sunday mornings, but further down the road where we couldn't see, he was setting something up where we could actually own something and then have something as an asset. So when we go to a bank, they say, we don't understand how you guys did this. We don't understand this, but you have 14 acres over here. That is just, it is just growing in property value. It it has equity in it, and God just did an amazing thing, and we believe that that was a faith investment because we did have to take a step. Could you imagine if we would have stayed at Southside for sixteen months and did nothing? No. Would we be sitting here right now? No. Probably not. Probably not. You see. The process of all of this, especially when we bought Homer, was is we just want to try to figure out what it is God wants us to do. Right. And I wish I could just tell you, well, I know what God wants us to do. He hovered down and spoke to me in my room, but that's not how it works with me. Um, like, we have to take action, and that action is action when we put our faith into action, and we take steps. And we took that step, and, and just not, not to say everything he said, but everything you did—I've been here—I'll be here eight years in February— And in almost eight years, every step that we've taken, every pledge that we've made, everything that we've purposed in our hearts to do for the kingdom of God over the last eight years has all culminated to these moments that we're living in right now. You know, we knocked down walls in this property on Saturday and we're gonna knock down some more tomorrow. And I was down there swinging a sledgehammer on Saturday, not because I have to, but because I wanted to. And we're in there knocking this stuff down and I'm sitting there thinking, like, you know, I remember a time we didn't even own a wall. That's right, no wall to lock down. We had a bunch of stuff in a storage uh, right. container, and then, you know, I don't know if any of y'all know this or not, but like, we had a we had a a storage container and another storage container where all our stuff was, and then we had a classroom at Southside's Redstone Campus, packed full of all of our stuff. Like, and we would go over there and have to get stuff out of there, you know, and, and you know, like when you get in trouble at home, you got to go talk to your daddy. You're like. We'd kind of go in there to get our stuff. We'd have to call and ask to make sure it was okay to come and things like that. And, uh, you know, so it's amazing to me that, you know, we have this property down here that's just raw land. We haven't touched it. We haven't done anything to it. We didn't strip it. People want to log it. They They want to grade it. We haven't done anything to it, which means that God set us up in a position, and this is so you know my heart. You know what I would love to see happen one day? It is an investment. It is an asset. And we could probably make a lot of money off of it right now. But you know what my pastor's heart is? is I would love for this church to be able to bless another church one day. That's what I would love to see. And I'm not saying that's what we would do. But I'm saying if I'm looking ahead in the future, I know that Banks County has a Christian Learning Center that has no home. They just bounce around from church to church, and they can come bounce in this church some if they want to. But wouldn't it be cool if one day this thing came full circle and we were able to bless somebody the way we were blessed here in Baldwin? Good. So that's, um, that's what it means for Homer. We're going to hang on to it. It's, it. It belongs to this church. It's God's property. We planted a flag, and we're going to hold on to it as long as we can until God tells us to do something with it. So,
0: so another question people are probably wondering is, okay, how are we going to do this? Because, you know, one of the things that's been emergent over the last few years is when churches do more than one location, and for the most part, when you see a church do more than one location, it's a a mega church, and they do satellite campuses. Um, And so what you see a lot of churches do that are on that level and scale, they do a satellite, and they broadcast or stream the preaching. So what they do is they have live worship, they have their own worship band, who is actually synced up digitally with the other band from the mothership, and they know when the preacher's about to go on, they wrap it up, then they have the streaming go in, the lights go down, and they put the guy on the screen. And that works for some churches on that scale. I think y'all already know, I've talked about this before, that's not in my heart to see us do that, and it's also not our church culture. I just don't think, you can put a six, two and a half foot tall hologram of me on a screen in another room, but I would, I would rather do what I think Paul would do. I think Paul would have a Timothy, or Elijah would have an Elisha. I, I would rather have a live person in the room preaching the word of God an alignment between pastors and preachers and a person in the room. So if you want to know how we're going to do this, me and him are going to rotate and we're going to do co-preaching together for the New Grace Church body. That's what we're going to do. So what, a, a couple things. We're going to have a very strategic, we've already started doing this. And I'm working him more and more in to the rotation. We have two services here. He's going to preach one. I'm going to preach one a lot of Sundays. We do sermon collaboration on Thursday mornings. I like writing sermons. And he likes contributing. And between me and him, I don't listen to me. I know a lot of guys in ministry. I don't know two people that are pastors that want to preach, that want to minister, that work as well as him and I do together. There's no ego between me and this guy. And better than a six-foot-two hologram is another guy that looks just like the guy who is the lead pastor. <laughs> right? I mean, we, we got a good thing going. And, and, and I, I, I am very optimistic and very excited. And here's, here's something I want you to understand. Us doing what we're doing, it does a few things for our church spiritually. One, it's going to keep the legacy of this church from being built off of one personality. I don't care if my name's ever on the sign. I don't care if my face is on the billboard or the marquee. I don't care. I don't care. I want it to be built on a person not a personality. And God's going to, listen, if we're good stewards of this, God's going to bless this, and we're going to get to do it again and again and again. And Paul's need Timothy's and Elijah's need Elisha's. Paul even wrote a letter in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 to the church of Corinth because some of them liked Apollos. He was real dynamic and animated. And then you got Paul who's real psychological and real quick-witted. And they were finding favorites. And Paul literally was like, it doesn't matter who's planting the seed. It doesn't matter who's watering the seed. It's God that makes the seed grow. Y'all quit getting divided over favorites. So what, what we're going to do is we're going to share this co-preaching schedule. And we're, look, I, we ain't publishing it. I ain't telling you where I'm going to be. He ain't telling you where he's going to be. You're going to walk in there, and Jesus is going to be the main agenda of every single service. And we're going to be the mouthpieces that preach that book. And we're going to, listen to me, we're going to preach Jesus lovely. We're going to preach hell hot. We're going to preach heaven high. And we're going to watch God help people experience new life. My God, somebody better help me give him praise. I'm about to tip this chair over. I know one other church that does this, they're in Atlanta, so there's a few things that are not very comparable, but we're very optimistic about what God's going to do. And we're very optimistic because of you, because we know that you believe Jesus is the main agenda, and we know that you're not in this to be an Anglinite or a we didn't market that. that a it is pretty good. <laughs> we should have wrote that down. Right. That down I want to I I share something with you. Just, I want you to hear this. This is what's in a pastor's mind. And pastors like this all around our area are trying to figure this kind of stuff out. And I'm not saying we figured something out, but I want you to understand something. Unless you're Athens Church or North Point Community or you're a free chapel or you're 12 Stone, it's very hard for a church now to preserve a mega church model that costs millions upon millions upon millions of dollars that reaches hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people. And they have their way of doing it. I don't prefer that. I want to, say, I want to share something with you. I, I don't want to have a location that has 2,000 people at it. Because it's going to be harder to know who you are. It's easier for you to be a face in the crowd. And um, it's really hard to read the spirit of the room when the thing starts feeling like a big, big concert or event instead of an actual church service. All right, I'm not, listen, don't, don't, don't get your pitchforks and your torches yet and go light somebody else's church on fire. I, what I'm trying to say is, that's not us. And I feel like as we go into the end times, I feel like we're gonna see the rapture of the church. I feel like we're gonna be here when it happens. I do, I just, I got a lot of reasons why. Maybe Lord willing, me and you will get to preach about that here in the next year. I feel like somebody needs to be talking about it. I feel like what we get to do is be the church I think we're going all the way back to Acts because they had smaller congregations. There's something about that intimacy and connectivity when you get two, three, four hundred people in a location. And it's like, do we, do we want to spend millions upon millions of dollars building property? A, a parking lot right now for this place would be like $500,000 a million dollars. All right? Do we want to do that and be in debt and, and that's all we ever do? Just building some mega complex? It's not the righteous gemstones. I mean, we can do that if you want to. Praise be to he. We can do that if you want to. We can do that. But I want to say something. Like, I don't, we don't need a private jet. We don't need a helicopter. All right? I don't need a Rolls Royce. I've been asking God for a 1992 Dodge Viper for a long, long time. But, I mean, if God does that, it's, a God, it's God, you know? Won't he do it? But I want you you to to hear me out on this. I think what God's going to let our church do is something that isn't being done. And I feel like, I'm not saying we're going to cap locations at a certain number, but what I I feel like we're able to do is instead of spending $3 million, $5 million on one location, it'd be cool over the course of the next 20 years or whatever, until Jesus comes back, we took that money and we spread it over different communities watching New Grace go there. And we we put we laid our hands of impartation and we developed and we watched God stretch individuals to be the mouthpieces of the gospel. It doesn't need to be on one personality or on one bald head. It needs to be for this part on two. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like I, I just I think that there is going to be something to us just letting God bless this thing. And let's just do this as many places as God will let us do it for him. Or we can just build a mega complex right here and tell everybody 30, 50 minutes away, drive here. Or we can go to them and just watch God bless our socks off. And I think I just think that that's going to be the wave of the future for the church of God. I think that the church of the living God is going to look more like that than a mega thing being cookie cutter franchisable. I really believe that God is leading us into crazy stuff because we've, we've prayed crazy prayers.
1: So for anybody thinking in here, when does all of this happen? Today. Starts today. Um, Construction starts tomorrow. And what we're looking at here, guys, is a really basic interior remodel. We gotta add a couple things, but most of it's knocking down walls and building new walls. And then we gotta put a bunch of stuff in it. It's it's a lot easier than what this project was. Amen, JJ? Yeah. (laughs) There's no chickens, no ducks, no four-wheelers, no lawnmowers, you know, none of that. Um, it, it, it's going to be a, it's air conditioned. yeah, it's already air-conditioned. It, it, it has a roof that doesn't leak anymore. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's going to be a pretty expedited process. So we, we are planning on launching this campus in the first quarter of 2024. Now, I have a hard deadline in my mind that I'm not sharing with you because that's between me and God. But it's the first quarter of 2024. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be awesome? You know, our, our 11th year anniversary is in the end of February. Wouldn't it be awesome if something like that could happen? The reason I say it starts today is because today before you leave this property, you can thank God for what he's doing here. And you can thank him in an anticipation and expectation for what he's going to do down there. Uh, we will launch that campus with two gatherings. Why? Because the auditorium is about half the size of this one. We're knocking down walls, we're expanding it, but the campus down there is probably about 2,500 square feet smaller than this one. Now, the way it's proportioned and laid out, like Pastor Derek said, is very advantageous for how we flow people through the building and how an actual gathering will happen on site. Um, The biggest challenge there is going to be parking. It's going to be parking. So you're not going to remember this, but I'm going to say it anyways. When we go to two gatherings there and we launch that campus, please pay attention to my guys in yellow vests with them orange sticks, because they're gonna do the best they can to get you in and out. It's, it, look, all of the things that we're looking at right now on a whiteboard and on a spreadsheet, they all look like problems if you look at them through the eyes of the flesh. It's like, well, how are we going to do this? we got to move this wall. How much is that going to cost? we got to park, you know, 125 cars at this campus. Where are we going to put all of them? And when you look at it through the eyes of the flesh, it seems like problems. But really all it is is opportunity. It's opportunity to go back to where we started, establish a campus, and get ready to go to the next community. Because make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen, what he just said to you, that is actual factual reality for us. It's not hopes and dreams and prayers, it's reality. When we launch this campus and start it, it's gonna be at capacity, full. What does it mean for Baldwin, Pastor Jeff? It means that I hope and pray by the time February gets here that we have to keep two gatherings at this location. Can I tell you something, I got it on good account from somebody who lives in this area that was told by another person, you know how that goes, this person told me and they told them and da-da-da-da-da and we played the telephone game, that this area, this area is starving for authenticity. Like there are, there, there are a lot of great churches in this area, and I didn't, I'm not going to take this time to bash churches, but most churches, most churches look the same, feel the same, sound the same, do the same. And that's what they do, and they can do them, and that's all good. But what we do is different. And this isn't a brag, and it's not a boast and it's not a bash. If you take account of everything we've been through in just the last four years of our existence, we shouldn't be sitting in this room having this conversation right now. That changes the way we do ministry. It changes our outlook and our perspective on who God is because we have been in positions and places where all we had was faith. All we had was our prayers. All we had was the ability to look to heaven and say, God, I don't know what's going to happen next, but I really hope you do something right now. So yes, we are different. Yes, we are somewhat militant. Yes, we can be pushy. Yes, we are over the top at times. But that's because God has been so good to us and done so much for us that we can't help but be any other way. And there are tons of people up here that are looking for something that they would call different. And reality is, is they're just looking for something that's real. Something that's authentic and genuine where you can come and it doesn't matter what your background is or what your financial status is or what you did yesterday or how your life turned out in the grand scheme of things and you can encounter a life-changing Savior with authenticity and grace when does it start it already started it started ten years ago this little project we're doing in commerce how do you help how do you get involved start today When it's time to pray, when it's time to praise, when you leave this property and you're driving to wherever it is you're going and you just have a five second thought, Lord, please be with them as they do this project. I got a great team of people lined up ready to go and knock this thing out. And if you decide to go to 310 B. Wilson Road and take a peek, just understand if you see it today, it ain't going to look like that by the end of next week or the next week or the next week or the next week. And if you're going to Pastor Derek's discipleship class, that's going to happen in that building. You're going to see changes every time you come in and out of it. So it starts today. That's when it starts. And please, please hear us when we say this. We are not taking for granted what God is doing or has done here. Because we expect him to continue to do here. And our heart is here as well as there. And I've rode, how many times have we just gotten in a car and rode around up here? Like I don't, like, can, somebody that's from here needs to explain this to me after the gathering. Like, y'all got like 17 towns up here, but it's all just one town. We'd be riding around, and it's like, you're in these city limits, and then you're in these city limits, and then you're in these city limits. I'm like, but it, it, all, it all touches, and it's all just one place, and I don't know my way around. I thought I was in one town, and I was in a different town, and, you know, and evidently, evidently, they're all, they're all pretty specific to where they are and who they are, but we have been getting acquainted with this area, and we have been praying over this area and petitioning God for the north, as we would say. Yes, um, sir. Because we believe that God's not done here. He's not finished here. He's just getting started. And we're looking forward to seeing what he's going to do here in the north. And we're most definitely excited about what he's fixing to do in the south. So here's what you can do. If you're not on a team, get on a team and serve. Here's
0: why. When we make this change, there are going to be positions at both locations that need to be filled. There are going to be a lot of positions right here in Baldwin. I'm very excited about what's going to happen right here. At Baldwin, because this thing is going to go in more of a pioneering gear. Like It's going to be really, really cool because the, the emphasis and the, the support we've had from the South is going to go back down there and, and attack that mission field. What we get to do, I want everybody who's coming from this area to lean in with me because this is an opportunity for us to make a huge dent. When we, when we launch this campus, it's going to create more room here. So whether it's one gathering or we keep two, when we launch this thing back in February or March, Lord willing, if it's not April, if we launch this thing, we get to lean in right here with more room for more souls and more families. But that means we have open positions in kids, we have open positions in worship. We have open positions in production. We have open positions in the parking lot. Like the list goes on. Okay, so I want you to get on a team and serve. We're going to be harping on this, and we hitting this every week between now and the launch of two locations. Secondly, give, invest in what God's doing. Because listen, if This church is being used by God to impact your life. Give into what God is giving to you. Give, feed what's feeding you. We're going to need team members, and we're going to need tithers. And this is an opportunity for us to launch a campaign that's very global and strategic in nature for New Grace as a whole. Not just one location, but as a whole. Come on, JJ, help me close. Jabez prayed, Lord, bless me, stretch me, touch me, protect me. We've prayed that, and God's done that. And look, he's blessed our church. Pastor Jeff already said it. We have something very unique here. God's blessed it. He has stretched our church over the last four years. He is touching our ministry. His hand is on what we do. And he's protected us. He protected, the the devil wants to wipe this thing out and God has protected us from that. And here we are now watching God unravel and unfold the next step for us. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcatcher. New episodes are posted on Tuesdays.